Okay, so welcome to episode three of From the Shed End podcast uh, with myself, T-Dot, and Theo as well. How are you doing, Theo? You okay? All good, yeah. I was just saying that I've got a bigger smile on my face this Monday than, than last Monday. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And uh, yeah, it was a bit doom and gloom after the West Brom game. Um, I think we needed we needed a better performance and, and we definitely got that um, at the weekend. So um, let's just jump straight into it. 4-1 Crystal Palace, better performance. Um, yeah, what were your, let me get your thoughts first. What, what did you think on the game? What was your take on that? I was extremely impressed. I think I mentioned last week that it completely depends on the first 10, 15 minutes, how we come out and kind of the performance we put in in the, the beginning of the game. And I thought that those, that first 20 minutes was really, really impressive. I was actually just thinking before this, it's probably the most impressive Chelsea display I've seen in that first half since maybe the Antonio Conte days when we beat, I think, Everton 5-0 at Stamford Bridge. It was a really, really overall great attacking display. I thought the fluidity between the front three of, I think it was Mount, Havertz and Pulisic was great. And obviously Palace playing that narrow kind of back four allowed those kind of wing-backs to really get into the game. And the link-up play with with the front three was really, really great. I think Havertz was kind of the star of the show. Unlucky not to get a hat-trick on the day. I thought he was superb, looked a lot more confident. Just he can generate a bit more power on his, shot, on his shots. I think the goals will come for sure. We saw those kind of chances again in the second half. But that first, first goal, arguably the hardest goal to score. And he kind of took that chance brilliantly, bent it into the corner. So overall, a really, really great um, great performance. I thought the lineup was maybe a bit unlucky not to feature Giroud or Abraham. I thought we, we spoke about that last week. I thought I felt that yeah. maybe Tuchel would play of a more traditional front nine. I mean, um, number nine. Yeah, but um, I think overall his decisions kind of paid off because I think the front three of Pulisic, Havertz, and Mount the fluidity between the three was superb. And I think in his post-match interview, he said that he doesn't want to tinker too much with the squad. He doesn't want to make too much changes, particularly at this time of the season, which isn't a great sign for Giroud, Abraham, or any other maybe attacking player that's trying to get into the squad right now. But he's basing it on kind of performances, what he sees on the pitch and in training. But overall, a great, great performance. Havertz was great. We spoke about Pulisic as well, and I thought he was superb. He looked back to his best. That first goal he, he scored, almost identical to the one he scored at Selhurst Park last yeah. summer. Just Literally. smashing. Yeah, I think Chelsea put up a tweet today kind of comparing the two goals and how identical they were. Just smashed it into the roof of the net. And I think that technique is not easy to do. So honestly, credits to Pulisic. He looked back to his best. And now I think he's kind of going to um, really going to cause Tuchel some headaches with the front three he picks for Porto tomorrow. Yeah, I have to echo a lot of what you said. I, I agree. Um, you know, I think the signs were there from the kickoff. You know, I thought we, obviously you, got, you take the, the game, the Porto game midweek on Wednesday last week. And then, you know, it was it was going to be instrumental that first sort of 20, 15 minutes of the game, how we were going to play, where we are going to, where we're going to be fatigued, where we're going to be back to where we were with West Brom. But, you know, just the way that the front three, one of the things I noticed about Palace where they weren't able to mark, you know, Mount Havertz or um, Pulisic, they just couldn't, you know, that false nine kind of um, formation, it works really well for certain teams. City have done it before in the past as well. We haven't done it as so much because obviously we've had Giroud and, um, you know, um, Tammy's chipped in as well with a lot of the goals but I just felt that it really worked because you know Cahill struggled you know for it's almost like the two centre-backs didn't want to commit you know um, 
they were playing quite sort of, like you said, narrow. Um, I thought Van Aanholt and um, I think it was Joel Ward, mm-hmm. at right back, they were just, they just couldn't handle what was coming towards them. Every time we had the ball, it looked like we were going to score. You know, even for the goal, I think I think it was Eze, you know, you, you wouldn't think to be back defending. That's how, you know, deep Crystal Palace were at one point. And I think Eze loses the ball to Havertz, who ends up scoring anyway for the first goal. Um, but yeah, I think he needed that. I'm sure it was his first goal um, since October uh, mm-hmm. in the Premiership. So, you know, it was good to see Havertz have a brilliant game. And even like you said, you know, he could have had, he could have had four or five, you know, that's based off the whole game, you know, the, the, the two halves of the game. But um, I wanted to pick out again, Mason Mount, you know, mm-hmm. brilliant player. Um, he, yeah, he was just all over the place, even for the free kick. I mean, arguably, you know, Gary Cahill, again, he could do better. Um, you know, does, he's, a, he's an experienced defender. You expect him to put a bit more of a challenge in against Zuma. Um, but for the delivery of the free kick, you know, it was brilliant to see. Um, and like you said, you know, Pulisic as well, when it was, this is at 2-0, you know, identical. I think, like you said, I think I, I, there's the same thing that, um, you know, the Chelsea Twitter account put up today around um, the identical, you know, from the last last season's one. So I was I was made up with the team. Um, it was interesting. I wanted to ask you around um, Callum Hudson-Odoi playing the, almost the Reese James role um, on Saturday. What, what was your thoughts on that? Did you think it worked well or did you think that at times, you know, especially for the goal, um, not that he was at fault, but, you know, Reese James being there, would he, you know, would that have been a goal? You know, would they have been able to get that crossing? Um, possibly because it did come from that right hand side with Schlup putting in the, the, the cross in for Ben Teke. But overall, I think Hudson Adoy had a really great game. I think what Hudson Adoy offers that James doesn't offer is that kind of drive into the penalty box and almost that fourth attacking player to support the strikers or the, the, uh, the attacking midfielders. Mm. And I think he put in a great game. I, I can't really fault him for his performance. He definitely, I think his crossing maybe isn't as good as, um, as Reese James, but the ability to drive into the box, I think is something that maybe Reese James lacks a bit or a bit, a bit sorry. I think he, sometimes Reese James gets into the box and sometimes he tries to attempt that kind of, you know, you know, low cross, which when you don't have Giroud or, um, or Abraham, it's not very effective. But, um, I think Hudson Odoi, especially to kind of support those other players, he looked good, possibly at fault for the goal, as I said, but when you got the aerial ability of Ben Teke, kind of to put in that kind of type of header, I think yeah. that was his first goal. I sell us Park since the goal he scored against us in July, I think it was. So, you know, he does, he does always find a bit of form against us. But I think overall, Hudson is always a great, great wing back. I think he's really kind of like rejuvenated under, under, um, under Tuchel in that formation. It's not an easy formation, um, not an easy role to play, I think. Yeah. Not an easy one, I think. Um, but I think the option to have your Reese James or Hudson Adoy and I'll maybe bring in Reese um, James come the 17th minute if you want to be a bit more comfortable and compact at the back. I think that's definitely an option as well. So I think I'm really happy to have those two in that um, in that position. Yeah, and I think even when Reese James came on, I'm not sure if he, he got the assist in the end, but you know it was his cross mm. that that led to the Pulisic uh, second goal. Um, I think took a deflection on the way. Yeah. But, um, you know, it gives us that option. We've got options now, and I think at times, you know, we've not that we've been starved of it, but I think we've we've sometimes wished we had more or better options. You know, we've had probably had options, but they've not been the right ones. And I think we've got that kind of, you know, everyone was talking even um, after the game, you know, that this is the first, I think the second time now um, under um, two, two call that we've, we've scored more than two goals. Mm-hmm. I don't think goals was ever 
yes, it was an issue for us. It wasn't, you know, we weren't scoring, you know, six or seven, but I don't think we've ever really been that team for the last couple of seasons. Anyway, yeah. that does that. Um, I think for us, it was more of the team sort of cohesion and, and getting the team playing in the right way from start to, uh, from back to front, you know, defensively, we had loads of issues. Tuchel seems to be ironing them out slowly. It's not 100% right yet, but you know, um, He's ironed a lot of those issues out, even in the midfield as well. You know, I think he's he's, he's sorted some of those issues there. So um, I think we've got a lot more options now, and I think that's a, that's going to be a good thing for us as well. Yeah, yeah, fully agree. I think um, last couple of seasons, goals really haven't come easy. I think for us, I think we struggled at times to score over three goals, but it's kind of made for nabby finishes, which is as a Chelsea fan, it's horrible to have last 10, 15 minutes of a game. You don't want to be just having a one goal lead. But um, I think... You know, that kind of what was brilliant about this game. We went in at uh, halftime, 3 0 up, and it just made for kind of a comfortable watch in the second half, even though maybe we, a bit of fatigue, maybe in the second half, we didn't come out as stronger as we wanted to. Maybe we still had Porto in the back of our minds, you know, we wanted to maybe, you know, not come out for guns blazing. But um, overall, I was really happy with the performance. Um, I think the main thing we kind of wanted to come out, um, get out of that game, as you said, is the team cohesion. I think, and that kind of blended really well. And Hudson Adore, I just mentioned him before, he kind of, in that first 15 minutes, he kind of really came in as the kind of fourth striker at times. And last thing I'll say about Havertz, it's just that that that, that moment where I think he dinked it over Van Anholt. Oh, and yeah, oh, that was yeah. beautiful. It almost looked like prime Burkamp. But, yeah, um, it literally was, yeah. Yeah, and he's, I'm very unlucky with the finish, but um, great save from Guaita. But also, um, he, looked, he looked really sharp. Honestly, I, I said it at the beginning of the, the episode, but... Um, that kind of even that pass for Pulis- the assist for Pulisic's goal, the first one, he doesn't lift his head. He doesn't lift his head. He knows that Pulisic will be there in that position. So that just reinforces the idea of those kind of front three really playing with that kind of fluidity, cohesion, knowing where each player will be, kind of anticipating their movements. So I think that's something that definitely Tuchel's worked on in the training ground. Uh, yeah. It's really coming, looking like it's finally getting the results on the pitch now. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting. I know you touched on it before, um, so you may as well ca- carry that over. The last thing I want to say, actually, on Palace is it's interesting because I think I'm pretty sure I read the other day they've got 11 players that are out of contract in the summer. So mm. it'll be interesting to see the next couple of months how that works for them. I think I'm pretty sure that some of key players like Sacco, uh, Gary Cahill's one of them, um, Benteke as well, someone else, uh, uh, Andros Townsend as well. So they're quite, and there's, you know, obviously other players as well. There's still a big question mark around Zaha. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously they're safe this season, but it just means there's a lot of work to do. Is Roy Hodgson the right guy to do that? You know, what, what's your thoughts? Do you think he's, it needs a bit of change at Palace or, or what, what do you think? I think I'm a big fan of Roy Hodgson. I think he's a great manager. He doesn't seem to, you know, the type of manager that, you know, you'd want to kind of have his guidance as a young player. But at the same time, you look at this Palace squad and it's very, very odd. It's, I think the, the average age is probably high 20s, low 30s. Yeah. It's very, very high. And I do, I think this could possibly be Roy Hodgson's last last season. Not that he's just had a, he's not getting the results or but I think Palace are a mid-table team and that's where they're finishing the season. Mm. But um, I think there's been talks of someone possibly the likes of Eddie Howe, Frank Lampard coming in to replace him. And I think that would be the perfect Good move shot. for Palace. Yeah, I think honestly, a young manager to get a kind of, you know, come in, maybe bring in some kind of talents out on loan. I'm going to talk about it later on in the episode, but the likes of Conor Gallagher possibly on loan to yeah. Palace. I think, help. yeah, I think that's the type of player that will really, really kind of, you know, you know, suit suit their type of play. And, um, but I think they're a strong team. They've always kind of hurt us sometimes at Selhurst Park. 
So I think the result yesterday, um, on Saturday was a great result for us. And I'm always kind of, you know, a bit nervous when we play Palace because I know it's yeah. not a tough team to play. They're very, very kind of inconsistent, but in a good way that they can hurt the big teams, you know. So I don't know. I think it was a great result. But I think Palace, in the, I think they want to kind of push for that maybe top eight, top six, possibly in the next couple of seasons. And they've got yeah. the ability in their squad. I think Zaha is definitely kind of, you know, hovering around that level of maybe, you know, top 10 player, players in the Premiership whether he pushes for that move to a better team or he kind of stays at Palace and cements his place as a club legend. I don't know, but I think a change of manager possibly would do them some good. I think it's needed, isn't it? And, and yeah. no no sort of disrespect to Roy, but he's done it for so many years. And it almost, especially not, not just at Palace, but I think at Palace, it almost maybe feels a little bit stale now and it does need that new fresh ideas and fresh blood and fresh, you know, just a revamp at the club and, this might be the time, you know, if a lot of these players don't want to sign new contracts and they do move on, um, you know, they, they, they might look at doing that. And I think Eddie Howe, Frank Lampard, you know, there's a number of other managers out there that I'm sure would, you know, chomp at the bits to try and get that job there. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that works for, for Palace. But like you said, you know, brilliant win for us. Um, just on the last bit about the game yesterday, um, the league position, you know, it's going to change a lot over the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm just thinking back now. So Liverpool won originally. They they won mm-hmm. their game. Then we won our game. Um, and I'm trying to think back to to yesterday now. So West yesterday, Ham. West Ham. Right, well, that was it. Mm-hmm. So the West Ham game was. We really needed a draw. I mean, if we if we're being selfish, we needed a draw in mm-hmm. that game. Um, and then obviously the Tottenham United game. So. What's your thoughts just briefly on, on our on our qualifications still? Are they still what you said last week and that we you know we still you know, are we kind of out of those teams that we've just mentioned, are we the team that should hopefully realistically qualify for the Champions League? I think so. I honestly think so. I think it's in our hands, especially when you consider that we've still got to play West Ham away and uh, Leicester at home. I think if we get results in those two games, I think mm. it's in our hands after that. We've got Brighton at home, Fulham at home, which are games I think we should be winning, honestly. I think anything less than three points would be very disappointing in those type of games. But I think it's in our hands, um, especially if we kind of play like the way we did on Saturday. I think, you know, it kind of makes us a lot more kind of confident going into these type of games. Mm. But um, I think, as you said, I think we really needed a draw, at least in the Leicester-West Ham game. But I think this could spell danger for Leicester now, honestly. Um I think, I think it was Madison and a couple of the other players, I think, were out of the squad for breaching COVID restrictions. Uh, right. So um, so I think, you know, whether they get back wonder, into the team. I wonder why they weren't in there because yeah. it was a big game for them to be out. So, yeah, OK. I think it, I think it was Chowdhury, um, Madison, and I think another player, maybe Perez, I'm not too sure. Yeah, it was Perez. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. but I think those three players out of the squad, whether um, Ro- um, Rogers brings them back into, in the coming weeks or kind of still wants to kind of punish them somehow. Mm. But um, Vardy's not firing like he was at the start of the season. No. Um, they don't have the distraction of Europa, at least. So that their full attention would be on the FA Cup semi coming up this weekend as well. Yeah. But um, but I think they they you know they I think they they haven't really been in this position often except for that title winning se- um, season. So it's kind of you know still a bit you know new to them. I think Tottenham losing at the weekend, I think they could be out of the season. They look almost like a broken team yesterday with Son's interview as well, yeah, saying how he's yeah. going to be, he's really going upset for this result. You know, he's going to kind of, he's going to play on his mind for the next two, three days. Mourinho, obviously, was typical post-match interviews. But um, I I think, 
I think yeah, Liverpool will really push there. I think Leicester will drop out. And I think it's, it will be between Chelsea, Liverpool and West Ham. And I think yeah. Liverpool and maybe Chelsea will edge it. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think I'd have to agree. I'd be very... I'd be very surprised if Leicester, the way that they're playing, the form that they're in at the moment, if they would make it. West Ham are the, probably the dark horses and, and we can't really rule them out. They are playing brilliant football. Jesse Lingard's obviously carrying the team at the moment. Um, you know, he's been sensational since he got there. But on paper, we should be the team that gets in there. We're in brilliant form. Take away the West Brom game. We're in brilliant form. You know, Tuchel's come in, he's changed, he's done what he needed to do at the club. Um, and Liverpool have sort of found that form. You know, I mean, their home records hasn't been brilliant, but, you know, they, they got the win at the weekend as well. So it'll be interesting. I think it's going to go down to the wire. I think it's going to be every, every week we could have this conversation and we'll, we'll be talking about different clubs in there as well. So all we can do is win our games. Um, mm. And I think, like you said, we've got some crucial ones. I think there's a big week that we've got coming up now. So it's probably no better time to speak about, briefly speak about Porto on Tuesday. Um, two nil winning their, their domestic game on Saturday. It was an easy game for them. Um, their key players are back. You know, they came on as, I think they came on as in the second half. Um, so they had a really brilliant game, um, on Saturday. But, um, after the Crystal Palace game, are you, are you confident now that we can, potentially go into that game with a bit more um you know of a plan and an idea that we might actually qualify for the semi-finals now yeah yeah I think especially on the back end of that Palace victory mm. and Thomas Tuchel saying that he doesn't want to make too many changes at this stage of the season to the squad probably means that we'll play a very similar lineup I think to um probably Rhys James as a right as a right wing back maybe even Alonso giving Chilwell a break yeah. at left yeah. wing back um, but I think we'll stick with a front three, maybe Werner coming in possibly for Pulisic, but maybe that may be a mistake seeing that Pulisic's been, you know, very, very kind of uh, prolific, especially against Palace and he got that goal against West Brom. Um, I'm definitely going to this game with a bit of confidence. I think I was very, very nervous last week when we played Porto and I was brightly so because they came, they gave us a very difficult game. But I think the two, two goal away, away cushion, away goal cushion, Will really help us, I think. Um, you mentioned their two two suspended players, some of their better players, kind of coming in for the second half of their domestic game this weekend. Maybe means that they're being rested for the Porter for the for their game against us on yeah. on Tuesday, which is slightly worrying because those players are good. I watched them yeah. this season in the Champions League, Taremi and Oliveira. Yeah. Um, I think Porto will score in this game. I think maybe quite early in the game as well to put a, put a bit of pressure on us. But I think we will get a victory. I think a two one victory, especially if. Mal keeps up this form and he seems to just be getting better week in, week out. I was reading the comments on the, the YouTube video of these non-Chelsea fans saying, you know, Mount looks really, really good this season. Every game I watch him, he just gets better and better. Um, so I think we'll win. I think 2-1, but it will be a very difficult game again. I think Porto have nothing to lose in this one. They'll need to score. They'll need to score quite early as well. Yeah. So I'm expecting a tricky start again, trickier than um, the one last, last week. But um Again, if we play like we did against Palace with the, the fluidity of passing and kind of anticipating movements, yeah. I think we'll be quite comfortable in attack. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think as much as I don't want want us to sit back at all um, during that game, I think Porto are going to have to bring the game to us. But we also have to get. I think we still think we need another. I'd say another goal, maybe two hmm. goals. We need to at least score two goals in that game to feel comfortable. If we can get them early, uh, it'd be brilliant. But 
Um, I do feel like that, you know, it's going to be a totally different game. It won't be, I mean, they gave us a game last week and that was with key players missing. So you can only imagine what that's going to be like, you know, in, in tomorrow's game. It's, it's important, you know, we need to, we need to, treat this like a, a final you know every game we play now we have to treat it like a final we have to treat it like we we have the intention of winning the game hopefully hopefully which I, I don't think we do I don't think I've watched a two call Chelsea performance where we've sat back and we've allowed a lot of that pressure um that I can remember I might be wrong but I just feel like we've got to we've got to start just like we did at Palace you know take the game to them it's a different game altogether I understand that but I think we still need to attempt to get a goal early goal It'd be interesting who he starts, whether he goes for Giroud or he goes back to Tammy or if he keeps it how it was. I think he should. I think he should keep exactly the same. I think I agree. Maybe give, put Reese James back in, in the position that he, he's more comfortable. Hudson had done really well, but I feel like Reese James is a bit more comfortable there. Um, I'd probably rest Pulisic, actually. It worries me. I, I, I think he play, if he plays back-to-back games, it worries mm. me a little bit because I think, you know, he's, he's still obviously carrying some form of injury. I'd probably go back as far as the FA Cup final, you know, when he... Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say rest him maybe or maybe start him and bring him off if we're winning, you know, because mm. um, then you got to think past Porto. Saturday's another big game, FA Cup final, semi-final against Man City. So we've got to kind of have the forward thinking look of things and you know um but I agree I'm gonna go for two one I'm not gonna go two nil this time I'm gonna go for two one Chelsea. Um yeah I think I think I think he might play Kante. Mm, I think so too I think yeah. I think Kante only came on um uh, second half on Saturday didn't he? I don't think he yeah. played before full game and I I'm I'd go as far as to say that's why Reese Jameson start as well. Mm. I think he's got those kind of two players in mind that he wants to bring them in. It'd be a shame because I think Kovacic and Jorginho, I mean, Jorginho was brilliant on, on Saturday. So I don't, I've, he's undroppable for me. I don't think you can, you can drop him. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see, you know, and, and see how that works for us. Yeah, I think Kante, um, we saw his performance um, against Atletico Madrid in the second leg. Probably one of the best performances I've seen from Kante since his early seasons at Chelsea. Yeah. So um, I think in a game, of the magnitude of it's Porto, I think that's the type of game you want to be playing him, kind of intercept those passes. Um, and he's been doing a lot more recently by driving up the pitch and kind of, you know, participating in the attacking play. So I think um, I'd like to see Kante start for sure um, tomorrow. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It'll be interesting. So we're both saying 2-1. Um, yeah, I'm not going to change. I was going to change to 3-1, but I'm going to keep that. I don't think we'll be that lucky. I don't think, I think it'll be such a difficult game. We'll be doing a lot more defending than we probably will be doing attacking in that mm-hmm. game. So I'm going to go 2-1. Um, hopefully we can get those early goals. But um, I wanted to, to talk also um, around our loans that we've got, our loanees that we've got currently out of the team. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head how many we've got. I'm going to say it's got to be at least near enough to 30 mm. that we've got out on loan. So I don't intend to go through all 30 of them, but there's a few that I wanted to sort of pick out um, and go through. And obviously we can do that, do the same as well. But um, is there any lonely players at the moment that you feel would possibly, I'm not saying they'd start every game. They're not, you know, top starters, first name on the sheet kind of players, but is there any players within the team that you think, I mean, Conor, Conor Gallagher was probably a prime example. Is there any way that you would see that could potentially play a part next season, Chelsea, rather than go out on loan? 
There's, a, there's definitely a few that could kind of, you know, come into the team, whether they're a starter or a squad player or a rotation player. I don't know. But um, I think Tomori. Tomori, since he's been at Milan, my brother, he, he follows Milan a lot after Chelsea. So I catch the odd game from Ace Milan. He's arguably one of their best players since arriving in January. Yeah. I think um, Milan aren't willing to pay it to the full twenty-five million from his um, from the contract. Which uh, is but bargain. You think it's about an it. absolute bargain, exactly? And yeah. I think they they're struggling financially. Maybe they might need to sell yeah. Roman Yoli. I was reading today to kind of yeah. finance that move. But he's definitely a player. You know, he's proved it in his first season at Chelsea under Lampard. You know, he, he can play and uh, as, a, as a starting centre back for the club. I think he's easily fitted to Tuchel's system as a back three as well. Yeah. I can see him slot in next to Rudiger or Aspi, or if Silva doesn't sign an extension, he's a type of player yeah. you may consider bringing back in. Um, and produce another one, I think. I haven't seen the best of him maybe at Sheffield this season, seeing that they've been struggling so much um, mm-hmm. defensively. But he's that very versatile in defence. He can also play as a CDM. And, you know, we saw him kind of, I think it was in Sari's first season. I mean, Sari's yeah. early season. He kind of came yeah. in all those Europa League games, League Cup games. And he's very mature on the ball. You know, I think he's only 20 years old. He's only got, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he hasn't played a lot of Premier League football, but he just seems so mature, so composed. He gets into the Wales team very often. Yeah. So I think defensively, those are the two players you could look at. Possibly Sar as well on loan at Porto. I was, I was going to ask you about mm-hmm. him because, uh, I mean, he's... He was a bit of an unusual signing for, for for me anyway, because he's not the tallest, is he? For a second, no. I don't think I'm sure he's quite short, but doesn't doesn't not the short end of it. But um, he hasn't really had the best of times at Porto, I don't think, as well, has he? As well, so I'm not sure. Mm. We, can, I mean, I, I think he's beforehand. He was he was a, you know I was made up when we signed him. You know, I thought it was a really good signing. Um, I think we got him on a free as well, didn't we? We didn't pay for him. I think so I think we got him very on a free or very cheap. Yeah. Yeah, so it'd be interesting. There's options, and I, I think you, you're right. I think we have to kind of have a contingency for the fact that Thiago Silva might not sign a deal, or if he does, he might be, you know, be what will he be then? Thirty eight, probably. I think he's approaching thirty eight, thirty seven. Thirty yeah. seven. So at the point of next season, you know, he might be injury plagued with injuries next season. We don't know. He's might might start slowing down a bit. So it, we've got to have options, and I think we've got two possibles there Tamori and um, Ampadu are definitely two I mean he was playing was he not playing for Exeter at like 16 yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that tells you that he's definitely destined for better things you know mm. when I say that I mean Sheffield United isn't the, the you know the top of the ceiling for him I think he could definitely come back and do a job at Chelsea as well yeah I think um, that you would definitely come back to Chelsea maybe play the the league, league games maybe the Champions League group stage games and hopefully kind of you know eventually kind of take you know, replace Silva if he does end up leaving. Mm. Either that, or I'd love to see him maybe at a higher level Premier League club on another loan, maybe yeah. uh, possibly a Palace, possibly a, a Wolves, that type of, you know, standard Premier League team. Mm. And um, I think with the right guidance, with the right manager, I think, I mean, if you look at Sheffield this season, they've sacked, they've sacked Wada, maybe a big mistake, but I think mm. Ampadu maybe he knows his se- season's really over now in terms of kind of securing a Premier League um, spot with, um, with uh, Sheffield next season. Yeah. So I don't think, I think Sheffield's players' heads aren't at the right place right now. They're not kind of thinking ahead. So I think, you know, I think he's a very good player. As you said, he was at Exeter, I think only in, using the squad around 16. I studied yeah. at the University of Exeter. I, I used to walk past him on the high street a few yeah. times. <laughs> Literally, would not didn't know he was a football player at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, a great player. Um, the other one I wanted to maybe ask you about is on loan at Swansea is Gwehi. I think he's had a fantastic season yeah. in the championship. And yeah. I think he's another option for the future at a at centre back. 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's a it's a good shout. It's a good shout. I think he's pretty sure he's probably been one of their best players this season. Hasn't yeah. He? So I have, I'll be honest, I haven't really watched that many. Um, cha- I just haven't had time to watch many championship games, but I have watched a lot of the Swansea games. Um, thirty-two appearances or something like that. Mm-hmm. I read the other day as well. Um, he, he's yeah, he's been one of the standout in the division. You know, um, in in the championship, so he's got a, another bright future. And I've watched him um, youth level as well for Chelsea so he's um, yeah you know, I think he's, he's been in the England youth setup as well yes, so. I think he was in those quali- um, group stage games I think recently where it didn't quite go to plan but I think um, yeah, yeah. he's one he's of those got, players he's got a bright future he's, he's yes. another one we've got so many options there was another one I wanted to mention um, who, who I used to again used to watch quite a lot in the youth de- development um, sort of times at Chelsea was um, Jake Clark Salter mm. he was at Birmingham they're, I mean, I haven't, again, haven't really kept tabs on Birmingham this season, but I'm pretty sure they were hovering above relegation a few weeks ago, um, which is no, you know, impact on him. But I just feel like he's got, I'm, I'm not sure how old he is, but he's got to be around mid-20s probably now. Mm. Um, is it too late for him to come back and maybe, is he, is he the level that Chelsea need, I suppose, is the better question, you know? He, Again, I think similar to you, I haven't watched many championship this games, um, the championship games this season. Um, I think I do remember him playing a part in that preseason game against Brighton in the summer. I think he came yeah. on at half time or maybe some halfway through the second half and he looked quite solid at the back. Yeah. Um, whether that comes with his age, as you said, he's kind of like getting into that age now where it's make or break at Chelsea. Um, I haven't watched enough of him to say, but I think he's that type of player as well. Similarly to Ampadu, can play some kind of rotation role. Yeah. He's kind of looked at Tomori two or three years ago. You kind of thought, you know, he's on loan at Hull. He's on loan, you know, going on loan to Derby. You don't think he's the type of player that's going to make it. But look at where he is now, you know, about to sign for an, an amazing Italian team, possibly, or yeah. come back to Chelsea and fight for his spot. So I think it's never too late for these type of players. I think Clark Salter's that type of player as well that could possibly come in. Mm. Um, whether he's better than Tomori, Ampadu, Saar, it's a high thing to judge, isn't it? Because I don't, yeah. I don't think he's played enough at the level that we need him to play at to, to judge him. We, we can say that about Tomori and maybe even Ampadu, and it, you know, to an extent, he's played at the highest level in English football. Um, albeit, you know, they've been rock bottom of the table most of the season at Sheffield. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one um, to to judge him on. I just vaguely remember him being so solid and commanding mm-hmm. at youth level and. It's a shame. You know, he reminds me very much of um, obviously different roles, but Lewis Baker. You know, all the potential that he has, probably still has. You know, um, but I, I almost feel like the, the ship sailed with him now because he's. I mean, he's got to be mid twenties as well. He's been on countless loan deals, and he's never really broken to the Chelsea team based on the fact that obviously the managers at the time that were there, um, he was just they were just you know midfielders miles ahead of him. Um, that weren't, you know, he just never really got a good shot. So he's probably another one where I'd say I'd love to have seen him mm. younger at, at Chelsea, you know, at breaking in. But it's a shame the ban didn't happen when we had that sort of crop of players because we probably see a lot of them, a lot more of them, you know, yeah. um, coming in. Yeah, timing, I think, was very unlucky for these players. I think that kind of 2019 cohort that all came back from the loans in Mount Abraham, yeah. Tamori. Reese James, I think, were very lucky with the timing, you know, the ban, Lampard coming in as manager, yeah. whereas the other ones that was kind of, you know, already had maybe four or five loans to their names, you know, the likes of Baker, 
the likes of maybe Clark's also maybe got didn't get as lucky. And as a result, you know, kind of based another kind of year out on loan and now two years out on loan. So it's whether they're able to get back into the team, whether they've kind of proved that level to Tuchel. I think Tuchel maybe this preseason, he'll look at all these youth players that kind of will come back from their loans and maybe yeah. make a decision on that. You know, we've, we haven't really had a preseason under Tuchel. So I think uh, that'll be very interesting, particularly as well with lots of the first team players going to the Euros this summer. It will mean that Tuchel will have more time with the players that aren't going to go to the Euros. So a lot of the youth players, a lot of the players that have been on the fringe of the first team. So that'll be really interesting to see what Tuchel does with them. But um, but yeah, another one that, you know, Baker, you've always seen him kind of in the team during the during preseason, but never more than that, really. So yeah. It's a shame for him because he's a good player. Yeah, but, um, yeah. There's a there's a few players I wanted to mention, um, probably for the the, the wrong reasons. So mm-hmm. um, I'll start off with Danny Drinkwater. Yeah, I was actually I had a list of players in my head, and he was one of them because I think he spoke yeah. out recently and said he wants to come back to Chelsea. He wants to fight for his first his place. He wants to. He kind of still got a point to prove that Chelsea, which I like that mentality. Yeah. I like it, you know. But <laughs> but I, at the same time, you know, all the kind of things that have happened off the pitch with him. Yeah. I think it's very annoying, disappointing, you know, when he's from a first team player, whether it's bust ups up north in um, in England with an in nightclubs. I think that's that post he put up on so on Instagram recently. Yeah. I think I think when Leicester beat Chelsea, was it? I'm not too sure. Yeah, it was but, a bit um, of an odd one, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. But um but yeah, he's that player, I think. I was quite excited when we signed him. I thought, you know, it could be type of Gary Cahill move. Obviously we paid more money for him, but you know, English player, yeah. you know, a lot of kind of experience under his belt coming into the team, you know. Not much expected in terms of, you know, you know, not as exciting maybe as a foreign player coming in. Mm. But I, I, you know, I got quite excited when we signed him. He, he just won the season, I think two years ago, two years before with Leicester, you know, quite, uh, and he played with Kante good, as well, yeah, didn't he? I'd about to say partnership with Kante, mm. but it just hasn't really worked out for him. I think, um, that first season was kind of played with injuries with yeah. Kante, then change of manager of Sari. Sari clearly, clearly didn't rate him, only play that community shield game, I think against City before just literally not even being part of the first team at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think he's got a future at Chelsea, unfortunately. Um, he's on loan at Turkey now. Um, I just, I can see him maybe just like trying to stay at Chelsea until his contact contract ends, maybe earn some high money and then maybe he's leaving on, on his on free. wages, isn't he? He's, he's on, on very good wages. wages. It probably says why he's willing to fight for his spot yeah. at Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, again, every player that comes to Chelsea, I want him to do well. And he was one of them, but it just yeah. hasn't gone, hasn't really worked out. Okay, my next one. Mm. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. Mm. Bakayoko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was that, was. that was my expression when I, yeah. I remembered he was still there. Actually, as well. Yeah, I literally got. You've just, you're just reminding me of players I've actually forgotten about. But um, yeah, these are going to be one of those ones that got uh, many chances in his first yeah. season at Chelsea. Um, some of the times I think FA Cup final, he looks so solid. I think his debut against Tottenham at Wembley, he looked amazing again. But mm. other than that, he was just very, very clumsy, very, very kind of, you know, error prone. That game against Watford with those two yellows in quick succession. Yeah. yeah. Still haven't really forgiven him for that. <laughs> but um, yeah. I don't know. I don't think, I, I think he's, Gattuso kind of summed him, summed him up perfectly. He said he's the type of player that, you know, can do really well and then straight after just cost you the game. Mm-hmm. And um, when he was at AC Milan and now Gattuso's taken very clumsy. And now Gattuso has taken him at Napoli. And apparently Napoli aren't even willing to pay, I think, 15 or 17 million for him. I think something like that. Yeah, he's been awful. I think um, I think they've come out, Napoli, and said there's like no chance that he's no. going to be staying. So 
he either needs to come back and prove himself, which I don't think he can, or no. he needs to start looking at alternative options. Because I, I do think Chelsea this season, uh, sorry, the end of this season, will start thinking about getting some of these players. Again, another player who's on you know substantial amounts of money every week, um, trying to get them off the books. You know, if we want to get, attract certain players, which we'll talk about in uh, the next episode, but if we're trying to attract top level players, we've got to balance the books somehow. So. Um, he'd be he'd be someone that I think we'd need to offload. Yeah, I'd probably say Danny Drinkwater as well. Um, Ross Barkley, because I've got a piece of paper here of names, and I've got in the same bracket Loftus Cheek and Ross Barkley, yeah. and I can only I can't see us keeping both of them. I, I think it's either one or the other. Good shout. And I think Loftus Cheek, you know, is that type of player every single Chelsea fan wants him to do well. You know, after mm. that season he had, where he kind of broke into the first team. Um, kind of was starting all those Europa League games, scoring, got that hat trick against yeah. uh, Bati Borisov. You know, yeah. we kind of thought we were witnessing, you know, the birth of an amazing Chelsea player. Then that kind of injury has just been downhill from there. It's a tough um, one to come back from as well. It's I a very, very difficult one. It could one. be career ending to some people. You know, it's 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 a bad injury to try mm. and come back from. But I was so excited when he was named in the first team. He started the game against Brighton, our first game of the season this season um, this year. I mean, yeah. I think it was September 20, 2020. And I thought, you know, he's going to be back in the team. He's going to be starting. He's going to be challenging Kai Havertz for a, a, um, a start in the lineup. Yeah. Then, obviously, very disappointed to see him go out and learn to Fulham, but at the same time, excited because yeah. I thought Fulham would have been the perfect team for him to get minutes, get game time. Like Scott Parker is a young English manager as well, can maybe get the best out of him to a certain extent. What I think he has, he's started yeah. games, he's assisting, he's maybe not as prolific in front of goal as we would have hoped, but. Um, but I think, you know, it's it's a difficult one because if I don't think what he's shown this season is good enough to come back to Chelsea and yeah. start games. But at the same time, if we're patient with him, like we were with Tomori, like we were with Abraham, you know, a couple of loans. Zuma as well. I remember Zuma, Zuma, went, to Zuma. Ever, went to Everton, didn't he? And, came, and Stoke, yeah. I think he went to as well. Yeah. He came back. So there's no, I don't think, if he does go out on loan again, I don't think um, that would be a bad thing necessarily. And I do want to see him play a part in the future at Chelsea. Then the other player you mentioned, um, Ross Barkley. Um, I think he started off very, very strong again for Aston Villa. Um, He's been injured though, hasn't he? Had a yeah, injury. quite, quite unfortunate with injuries. Very inconsistent as well with his performances. He's capable yeah. of dropping an amazing performance like he did in the FA Cup against Liverpool last season, where he looked, you know, almost like, you know, this is why I should be starting for Chelsea. This is why I should be starting yeah. for England as well. Yeah. But um, at the same time, quite inconsistent with his performances, very unfortunate with injuries. Um, but again, that type of player that maybe Tuchel will look at in pre-season, possibly if he doesn't go to the Euros and maybe yeah. says, you know, I, I like your ability. I think he often impresses in pre-season. That first pre-season he had with, um, with Lampard, yeah. I think he looked very, very sharp with the, kind of his passing. He scored but, um, a few, didn't he, in the pre-season? Of, yeah, yeah. Coming from the America games or the... I think it's jump, jump, was it Salzburg? I think he might have scored against, no. Yeah, it was, it was, I'm sure it was like, it might have been a German team. Yeah, he scored against Barcelona, I think, in preseason as well. He did. He did. It was a brilliant, he had a brilliant yeah. preseason. He did. He really yeah. did. Um, but yeah, he just, it, I mean, there's always a talk about his off, his off field stuff, very mm. similar to drink water in terms of, you know, um, not maintaining his body and mm. things like that, which will, will, you know, if you don't do that as a footballer, it does cause you know, injuries that you probably didn't even realize you could get. Um, so 
yeah, you know, he was looking after his body. And I think there's always been that signs of that when he was at Everton as well. Um, I was surprised they let him go. He wanted to get the mm. move as well. If, if you remember as well, I think we were due to sign him the season before, um, sorry, it was due to sign him before we actually signed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. The, the medical failed or there was all these other rumours as well. So it, I agree with you. I don't think we can keep two players that are very similar. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd say Loftus-Cheek because I yeah. feel like we can get more out of him. But I, now, obviously, my only worry for him is that he's had that injury. You know, is he ever going to be at the level that we hoped he would be? You know, um, and time is running out. I mean, I think, I suppose, I, I still look at sort of Loftus-Cheeks and I still see them as very young players, but they're in the, the sort of, not the peak, you know, I'm not saying should have hit their peak by now, but they're on the way up to that level where they should be hitting peaks and the top, almost top level of their football. Um, and we haven't really seen that with him due to the injuries as well. So it'll be interesting. It really will be. Um, I've got a few more on my list. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to start with Batch Away. No. <laughs> I, I mean, I love I love Mishy. I love Mishy. Um, I think every Chelsea fan loves him. That goal against West Brom when he won us the league. The goal, yep. the goals against Atletico, um, Ajax. Not enough though, is it? Yeah, crucial goals. But um, you look at him against Palace uh, for Palace this year. He's not even starting games. So if he can't get minutes for Palace, I don't expect him to oh, start for Chelsea. Yeah. And as well, last season there was times I watched him. It was very frustrating. You know, missing kind of you know some easy chances. He kind of what. Asking, you know, what you're thinking to yourself, why is Lampard starting Batshuayi ahead of Giroud? Those yeah, type of yeah. kind of, you know, decisions. But um, he's a player, I think, good for the squad, but not good enough to start for Chelsea, especially now when you not you look at Tuchel and he's not even playing Giroud or um yeah, or Abraham. Yeah, he'd be bottom I yeah. yeah, I don't. I can't see any way Batshuayi can get back into his team. And another one, I think Chelsea may want to try to sell rather than loan again, but his wages may prove to be difficult. So I don't think Palace will sign him permanently either. I don't think so. No, no. Uh, well, if, if Roy Hodgson's there, he definitely won't because I think they've had the, a bit of a bust up there as mm. well. Yeah. Um, okay, my final one. Mm. And I forgot he was on. I forgot he was actually a Chelsea player. Well, I've got two. So I've got two left. So I'll start with Victor Moses. Yeah. It's a funny one because I think the other player you could kind of talk about with Victor Moses is Kennedy. There's type of two <laughs> players. Yeah. That is my, yeah. yeah, I think left wing back and right wing back, yeah. those roles are perfect for them, you know? Mm-hmm. And if we are going to play over a back three of the wing backs, I think mm-hmm. you could look at Moses, you could look at Kennedy, type of players that, you know, have, you know, proved in the past that they can start games. Mm-hmm. I think Moses and the Conte was one of the, you know, he looked like... Oh, he was... He was re- reformed. Yeah. He was amazing as right wing back and, you yeah. know, another player that beat the loan system. I think he went out on loan to Liverpool, Stoke and West Ham, came back, proved the point to Conte in pre-season. You know, I can do a better job than Quadrado. He one of our best players that season, wasn't yeah. he, as well? Yeah. yeah, he was instrumental that season. And again, I, it's a tricky one because I think he's he can, he can start. I haven't watched him enough at Moscow, Spartak Moscow this year. Yeah, but, but um, I haven't either. Yeah, I think time difference and all that might be tricky to kind of catch the, the Russian League games. But um but I think it's whether he can kind of get into this team ahead of Hudson Odoi and Rhys James, which I don't think he can. Particularly, I think, you know, he, I mentioned he came back from loan once. Whether he can do it again, I don't think so. And Kennedy is the other one. I think was very, very unlucky um, last year. I think he was on the bench for an opener against um, Man United. We lost 4-0. Yes, had a decent, he had a decent preseason um, under Lampard. I think he scored a cracker against Reading, I think it was, in preseason. Yeah. 
And type of player as well, you know, great pretend, potential. I watched the highlights against Manu. You know, he always gets on the edge of the box and just yeah. ability to put in a volley was it didn't quite work out against United, but he looks sharp. I think he's better, maybe better suited attacking, you know, offensively than defensively. Yeah. But um, but I'm a big fan of Kennedy's. I think ever since that first preseason of his, when he scored them, um, when he looked really sharp against Barcelona, I think he was still on trial at Chelsea. Mm. And you know, he started a few games in that season where we, you know, we didn't. He didn't quite go to plan. We finished tenth. I think he scored against Norwich. He started, I think, one of the legs against PSG. I think at um, at the Parc des Princes. Yeah. I think he's got the experience. He's got a few loans now in La Liga. I like I'd, honestly. I'd like to see Kennedy um, more than maybe Moses. I think, especially at left wing back, where Alonso and Chilwell they've been good, but still not fully convincing. Maybe at times. Mm. So I think you get, you get good. You get good peaks and yeah, out of the two of them. But um, yeah. it's a good. It's a good. You know, option to have, isn't it, at, the, at that mm. side of the, the pitch as well. But then maybe if you're going to look at Kennedy, you can look at someone like Matson as well on Lerner Charlton. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah, on my so, list, but I missed yeah. him off. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I think we've got lots of options, especially if we're playing with this um, back three of the wing backs. Yeah. So yeah, you can maybe ask yourself the question, do you want to go out and buy players or do you want to bring some of these players back? So preseason will be really interesting this um, yeah. this summer. I think it's a I think it's a, a case of making sure we keep retain the best of that bunch rather than just keeping a Danny Trunkwater because he's mm. come out and said, you know, I want to, you know, I want to stay at the club. Mm. But, you know, if he was paying me what they're paying him, I'd, I'd probably do <laughs> well. Maybe not because it's Chelsea. I'd say it's Chelsea regardless. But my point is, if he was getting that much money, I'd probably come back and fight for my place as well. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think we still need to get rid of some of the dead yeah. we're, we're carrying a lot of passengers at the moment. And like I said, we want to try and bring in some some other players I'm pretty sure this season I'm sure Tuchel's got his own plans and he's got a short list of players he'd love to try and you know um, bring into the club as well so it'd be interesting we've got a massive wage bill um, I was reading about it the other day I had to sit down when I read it it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous but um, yeah you know we've got a massive but we've always had that kind of issue we've played, we you know we do pay quite high wages but we need to get rid of some of the players that are just sort of sitting around and you know Yes, they're playing their football elsewhere, but it's not really benefiting us. And if we can utilize that money, bring in a player that, you know, I don't want to, we will save that for the next episode, our transfer targets. But, um, yeah, you know, if you can bring in some of those players, why not? You know, if it's going to, if it's going to work. But yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to see some of those players come back. Um, I still think they've got a role to play at Chelsea as well. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what Tuchel does in the summer. Um, especially after the Euros, I'm sure some of them will still be involved in some capacity some of them will be involved in the Euros as well yeah really exciting as well I think a lot of those as you mentioned they should they should be just not disregarded the likes of drink water bakayoko possibly which we spoke about mm-hmm. but there's some of the other options we spoke about which definitely should be considered not particularly the younger ones but maybe some of the more experienced ones the Kennedys the Moseses but going to be a really interesting preseason, as I said yeah okay so tomorrow Porto, 2-1. 2-1, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stick with 2-1. So I think we, um, yeah, we'll be recording episode four um, at some point this week, I think as well, hopefully, so we can get get our analysis on hopefully a good win tomorrow. Um, like I said, I'm optimistic. I'll be nervous as hell, but I'll be optimistic <laughs> at the same time as well. So um, yeah, thanks for listening to episode three of From the Shed End. You can, as always, follow us on From the Shed End on Twitter and Instagram. And we've got the, obviously now we've got the live live stream working. So we're hoping to, to do a lot more of these as well. Um, 
so yeah, you know, we'll, we'll be trying to keep them as entertained and interactive, interactive as possible. If you've got any questions or any topics or anything you want us to discuss on, on the podcast, just give us a shout, let us know, interact with us on, on the, the socials as well. You know, we, we're, we're definitely, um, up for, for bringing people on and letting you have your say as well. Cause I think that's what this is all about. Um, but until next time, thanks for listening.